mean, there's the Vince McMahon shit, and then they gave us Tourist Okada. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the hour where there's nothing left to prove. Experimental agriculture. It's a perfect world being burned. This is the maniacal hour. You're 100% on the ground. Powered by the emotion of self-passion. This is how we get now. It's the rain all about. To take control Extra, extra rain all about it Let's to take control Lock and load, steal souls and watch it explode Dispatch the death squad and watch it go Serial killers, cadavers, murderous psychos As the hour goes, it takes the time Expires as we live dead, we vitalize Surprised by the high with red still in our eyes The pleasure is all ours to give you the power This is the maniacal Man, I tell you what, I'm watching the new intro, right? And number one, the new intro is badass. Props to the guy that made it. But number two, we present Kazushka Okada as a bigger star inside of that intro than AEW Dynamite did last night. We were just talking about Okada and his presentation last night, Jimmy. We're going to talk about it more later on in the show. But it really struck me as I was watching that video, the belt over his shoulder, the big robe, the gold chains, the rainmaker pose. That's what was missing on Dynamite. It was an opportunity to miss Jagger. I, I can't help but think that. But you're right, man. But for me, I was just happy to see him, bro. You know, oh, you know I was what I mean? happy to see him. I mean, of course. And of course, we will talk about the Rainmaker, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. You're listening to The Blow Off, presented by the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com, of course, blowoffpod.com. I am your host, Dr. Jargo, PhD, joined alongside the COVID kid, the man from down under. He's the GAG from the PWC. He is my man, Jimmy T. Jimmy T, welcome back to your show. Thank you very much. I'm glad I'm still the COVID kid, actually, Jugger. <laughs> well, I mean, you're down in Australia. You got to be like quadruple vaxxed by now, right? Hell no, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, the COVID man. kid. How many times have you had COVID now, Jimmy? Once. Just once? Just, Just once? once, man. I haven't caught it since. Thank fucking God. And don't worry. It's coming. It's coming. Much like <laughs> Vince McMahon, it's coming. Oh, Oh, it's coming. Is it, though? Well, is it really coming, if you know what I mean? Um, well, I, you, you never can always sometimes tell, as a wise man once told me. Let's talk about Vincent <laughs> Kennedy McMahon. Jimmy, there's a couple different ways to approach uh, this conversation. Number one, there's the legal aspect. But number two, they have popped ratings Friday night on SmackDown because of the, the announcement that Vinnie Mac was going to be in the house. And then they popped a rating again Monday night for Raw with Vinnie Mac in the house. Um, I liked Brian Gewertz and his comments that uh, what we really should do is every week, if he's the writer, the lead writer, he's just having Vince come out less and less and saying weirder and weirder things. Um, we don't often see the chairman on TV these days. Uh, what did you make of Vince McMahon? How did Vince look to you? How did Vince present to you? He surely doesn't seem like a guy who's worried about much of anything to me. He ain't worried at all, dude. And as far as he looks, I mean, look at him, man. People think he's going to drop dead soon. I still <laughs> I still think he's going to survive until over 100, bro. Seriously, who knows? But as far as all this shit goes, I was hyped for his promo on SmackDown. 
And sure, a lot of people... And he gave you nothing. He gave you nothing, but at the same time, he gave you a lot. Because when you think about it, what he said is exactly what he's really saying, man. He ain't going nowhere, in other words. And he's staying here, now, forever, tomorrow. It doesn't matter. He will still be here. And I'm telling you now... Together. Together, exactly. There's no chance in hell he's (laughs) going away anytime soon. There's a lot of people that are very angry at the WWE universe. And it's hilarious to me that people are still cheering Vince McMahon, that people are still chanting along with the song. And it's like, well, it's Vince McMahon. I mean, this man is a God in these people's eyes (laughs) and they're cheering the character that is Mr. McMahon. They're not cheering Vince. They don't care about any of this crap going on behind the scenes. We have to remember that as a pro wrestling IWC community, there's only about 150,000 of us that actually pay attention to this shit at this level. When, when, when we're getting down to, yeah, I am getting a little bit of feedback, Jimmy. You are, um, aren't you, right? Yep. Um, when we look at it at this micro level and we analyze this business, there's two and a half to 3 million people when you look at the plus seven numbers over the course of a week that are watching professional wrestling, there's only about 150,000 of us that care about this crap. Of course, people are still going to cheer Vince McMahon for them. It's like going to a baseball game. It's like going to a football game. They're going to the spectacle and then they might watch it on TV next week. They might not, but I mean that, that core, the the people that are watching impact wrestling, (laughs) That is the audience that we really engage with because you've got to be a a big wrestling fan if you are going down into the depths of watching Impact Wrestling. That's not a rip on (laughs) Impact. It's the fact that there's WWE, that there's NXT, that there's AEW, there's all the AEW YouTube shows. Now there's (laughs) New Japan. People tell me I got to pay attention to that. By the time you get down to Impact Wrestling MLW, there's only about 150,000 people that can intake that much goddamn wrestling. Well, Jeff Littman does it. I don't know how, but he does it. I mean, well, I'll take yeah. my hats off to him. Shout there out to Littman. Shout out but to he Littman. Does it. He's, but he's yeah. one of the 150,000. <laughs> he's probably one of the 50,000 that absolutely watch everything, dude. Right. You know, and, and that's great. But you are a very, very small minority of the audience. And, and the, the people sure. that are cheering Vince McMahon, they very well don't even know what is going on with Vince McMahon. And he just comes across as a creepy old man. Like, you know, like for the people who don't know what's going on here, this seems so out of place. To be fair, man, like say people like you and I, right? We've grown up with Vince McMahon, right? I mean, think about it. He's one of the guys that I've literally grown up with. I've probably known him longer, like by watching him, Absolutely. obviously not knowing him in person, longer than a lot of family members, bro, when you really yeah. think about it. So, you know, I think we've all got that attachment to Vince McMahon. And the same and thing the same, with JR. That's why JR is still employed. Absolutely. And he's a creepy prick too, man. I'm telling you, I've had some stories about JR, but we won't go there. But uh, yeah, put it that way. And as far as Vinnie Mac goes, man, hey, at 73 years old, he was still swinging that genetic jackhammer of his. I mean, dude, <laughs> you yeah, got to take your hats right? off to him. Yeah, props, Absolutely. Right? Um, things are getting a bit... I, I don't care what Vince McMahon does. 
I mean, we've all known this shit, man, forever. Yeah, like, this is not news to the 150,000 of us. It's exactly. just now it's getting mainstream publicity. Like, I mean, even here in the States, ABC News ran a video package on it. NBC News ran a video package on it. Um, now we're starting to see the lawsuits come in. And, and right. this is the much more interesting part. Um, number one, a lot of these lawsuits are going to be dismissed on standing because I, I'm a hundred percent sure that any of this stuff was handled by the Vince McMahon estate and not the WWE. However, there is this new lawsuit in the article that you sent me earlier today with WWE stock price. They've lost about a half a billion dollars. The stock price has dropped about $8 or so. Now this is interesting to me because now you're starting to get into class action lawsuits where the stockholders can file and say that this bad press from Vince is what is really snowballing this. So what WWE needs to do is reboost that stock price. Um, And I think you're going to see a big push here over the next month. I think the shows are going to be pretty good. I think the creative is going to get pretty good. And I think you're going to probably start hearing some conversation about TV rights negotiations, which I mean, those deals are coming up. And as those conversations start ongoing, you're going to see that stock price increase because people are going to want to get in on this cash cow thinking that WWE is going to get paid even more money from NBC Universal and more money from Fox and more money from the cock. And then Vince McMahon (laughs) can entertain his. Um, But I I, I think once those conversations start, you're going to see a spike in that stock price from people who don't even watch professional wrestling. They just watch the markets. Uh, And that's going to be very, very interesting to watch because if the stock price goes back up to where it was when this started, that lawsuit also will be dismissed because they have no case. Because the, the, the case at this point is that all of Vince McMahon's bad press has caused the stock to drop. So if the stock goes back up to where it was when this started, they have no case. Right, right. Well, whose fault is that really? Isn't it the board of directors that brought it to the public when you think about it? Well, yeah. And I mean, there's one of three people that, you know, leaked this thing because this was uncovered by the board. It was leaked by the board. And the three people to look at are Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and And Paul Levesque. Right. Um, And it's also quite curious that we see Triple H come back with his I'm back speech like yesterday. (laughs) Um, crazy, which bro. which I, I didn't even have on the run for today, but I, it all kind of blends in with this Vince McMahon, Stephanie taking over the company, at least in, in the corporate structure. I don't know who's in charge of creative. At this point, it seems like nobody is in charge of creative. So, Well, it's pretty easy to figure this one out. First of all, wasn't it Stephanie McMahon that actually fired Bruce Pritchard? Right. Well, think about it. And now Bruce is in charge of talent relations, and anybody who's ever listened to one single episode of something to wrestle with, he does not want to be in talent (laughs) relations. That's true. But I I can see what happened here, man. I can see Stephanie basically saying to Vince, all right, now that I'm in this role, if I'm going to have to put up with Bruce Pritchard, right, then that means Paul gets his freaking job back at NXT, right? Okay, so what does that mean, though? I, I don't know what that means going forward, but for now... Like, are we going to scrap NXT 2.0 and, like, re-sign everybody that we let go that's on the independent scene currently and still unemployed and bring them well, back and, like, relaunch NXT? 
3.0. <laughs> but interestingly enough, if you've noticed, NXT is kind of on a rise right now, dude. Even ratings-wise. Uh, no, I have not noticed. I don't pay any well, attention to anything that NXT is doing at this point. Well, right now, they've got like a... They're starting to average the last three weeks about a good 650 every week. Which well, is I mean, pretty Dynamite decent. was at like 760 last well, week. And let me tell exactly. you, what they advertise this week is not going to draw a rating. Dude, there's a lot of people that just... I don't know. It's funny how it's sold out for Bidden Door. But going... Just looking at the IWC and what's happening online, there's so many people that do not have a clue or have changed their mind about paying 50 bucks just to see this upcoming pay-per-view. That are going to or aren't going to? That are going to. Well, that's because the build has been shit. Until, I mean, that, until and- the go-home show really is when they, they just shit their load all over the place, man. TK doing it once again. Oh, yeah. The dynamite last night was like ADD on another <laughs> level but we're, we're going to preview forbidden door at the end of this episode so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of save that as far as this wwe thing goes man i think we're just going to be left with stephanie running the company for the time being and i think mm. vince is still going to be the head of creative for at least raw and smackdown and then whatever is going on with hunter um as far as the company structure goes that's the interesting one for me, uh, no, because me I don't know what Hunter is doing, what his role is at this point inside of NXT. Well, I'm hoping he gets his old job back. Now, look, I don't think that means... But do they time. even have the talent? Could could Hunter do what he did before with the crop of talent that is there currently? Because I don't a lot feel of green like folks he could. Down there right now. Yeah, it'll be difficult. There are a few good... Look, wrestlers down there, no doubt about it. But yeah, it's not his boys. It's not his girls. You know what I mean? And it's not going to gel well. I don't know what he does here. If it means he's the head of NXT once again, does he does he bring his own team back? Pretty much. Well, I mean, who is gone from that team? I mean, Sean's been there and basically running the training performance right. center aspect ever since Hunter left. So like, is that Hunter's role now? Like, is, is he back to doing that? Is he back to being the, the vice president of global expansion? Is he back to being, you know, the head of NXT talent relations? Like Hunter was wearing so many hats that for yeah, Hunter to come and say, I'm back. Well, what does that mean? Because I don't even want Hunter back in the same context that he was before the same context that he was before almost killed him. Like, I don't want that. You you know what I mean? Like for, for his own health, I don't think that I want him quote unquote back in the context that he was. And if that's not the case, then what context are you back in? So we can look and see, are things actually getting better? Do we go back to this twisted delusion that Hunter and Stephanie are going to take over the company and make, you know, raw and SmackDown, what the NXT black and gold brand was three years ago. Like what does all of this mean? And we just don't have that information at this point. Well, interestingly enough, does this mean Stephanie ends up sort of doing a power play and and doesn't relinquish the CEO spot, even if Vince tells her to? I mean... This is the time, right? If if Stephanie and Triple H wanted to take over the company, this is the moment to do it. You would think. Absolutely. You would think. But, But 
I think they're a lot more closer than you think, Jago, or even what I think, because to be fair, I think it's Nick Khan that's the rat in this whole situation. Well, and you know Stan, what, man? I agreed with you until Stephanie got that gig. I wouldn't, think Vince gave it to her, man. But wouldn't it seem like that spot was for Nick Khan? Wouldn't everything oh, that you oh, have over the last absolutely. three to four years, no doesn't it seem it. like... Nick Khan would think that if Vince were to have to go away, oh could, yeah, what? And that's how Nick Khan would take over the company. Like the Stephanie thing is what is really throwing me for a loop here because I feel like this promotion is done intentionally, but I'm not sure was that it done, is by, done intentionally. But was it done intentionally by Vince McMahon or was it done by the board? That's the part that I'm not clear on. No, I think it's done by Vince and the and the family. To be honest, come on, Jugger. Then what? It then what message like does McMahon. that send to Nick Khan? It, it sends you got no chance. Look, and now way. Hunter's back, and I mean, if I'm Nick Khan, I'm looking at this going, "Oh my God, my master plan is falling apart." Like I thought, I got rid of these two assholes, and I only had <laughs> yeah. to take down the third one. Well, now I took down the third one, and I have the two young spry ones that scare me to death. <laughs> Mind you, it was Triple H that brought Nick Khan into the fold in the first place, which probably would have given him a heart attack when you think about it, right? Yeah, I mean, think there about is it. that, right? Absolutely. This guy just flew right past everybody and was gunning for Vince's spot. But say what he you want about Vince McMahon. He bodies behind him. He did. But say what you want about Vince McMahon. You can call him out of touch. You can call him, I don't know, delusional. This guy knows business, man. Hate him yeah. or love him, he he understands business. Wait, he are we talking about Vince or Donald Trump? Vince. Because, oh, well, because it, same I thing. mean, but exactly, it's literally right. the same thing. Literally the same thing. So what what I'm saying is, Vince already had a fail safe just in case. I mean, think about it. Is he going to trust someone like a Nikon who just comes into the fold, even though apparently he grew up with The Rock? Think I about mean, that. I don't know. That smells fishy already to me. Yeah, I can Big smell time. what the rock is cooking. Yeah, and it smells like fucking shit right now. <laughs> Put it that way. So what I'm saying is there's no way Vincent Kennedy McMahon would have trusted someone like a Nick Khan right off the bat. There's no way. He would have been one step ahead. And just in case for this shit you know, happening, he would have learned from Ted Turner even with what happened to him, dude. Look at the shares. Look at this. Look at the guys, and like everyone owns the most shares in WWE. If it's not a McMahon or in the family, it's one of his friggin' henchmen that is really close to him. And then we get everybody else. You know, it, it's interesting that you, you say the WCW thing because I, I do kind of feel like right now, if we find out, you know, five years from now on an episode of Something to Wrestle, that this yeah. entire thing was a failed coup attempt by Nick Khan. Has to be, it has to be. Jogging. I mean, it, it feels like that's the biggest pro wrestling debacle since <laughs> Eric tried to buy WCW, and, and and Turner and Turner pulled the rug out from under him and pulled the TV because that's what really killed that deal. Oh, absolutely. And let's be fair. Back then, WCW was still doing great numbers, much better than today's numbers. Well, that's for sure. 
you, you almost have to look at like you, there's so much talk about the inflation scale with what's going on across the world right now. You almost have to right, look at yeah, the exactly. deflation scale when exactly. it comes to comparing TV interest ratings. rates popping through the roof as well. I mean, yeah. it's not a good time for WWE to be going through this shit right now, bro. No. No, it certainly is not. Let's uh, let, let's shift. Let's go across the pond and let's talk a little bit of New Japan Pro Wrestling um, before we get to Forbidden Door, because I feel like there's a bigger story that people should be talking about, especially here in the States, because he's been here in the States. But Kushida has made his long awaited return to New Japan Pro Wrestling immediately thrust into the title picture against Taiji Ishimori. And I expect that Kushida will win that championship. Um as far as from a, I guess, number one on a, a grander basis, you happy to see Kushida back in New Japan? Was it time for Kushida to be back in New Japan? And then I guess on more of a micro basis, what does this mean for the junior division going forward? Well, for the junior division, it actually brings some freshness to it. Funny enough, me saying that because Kushida absolutely dominated the junior heavyweight division for many years. But right now, I think it's the perfect time for him to come straight back into New Japan because, let's be honest, as much as I I felt WB tried to book him pretty well, I mean, they did kind of book him pretty strong. Like he was a, like he was like a, like a badass in many ways, man. I, th- I felt like the WB version of Which Kushida. Which is funny. I mean, it's, right, it's, it is funny. Knowing the Kushida that I know, Kushida as a badass is just funny. I mean, like... But it works, though. I mean, it worked. I like, know, but I... It's unbelievable, right? I, I can't believe it because I've been watching Kushida for <laughs> almost 20 years. It's going wow. on... We were, like, next year, I think it is. We'll have 20 Shit. years of Kushida. Um, wow. It's, he's 39 years old, dude. Wow. Well, I've been watching him for like over 12 14. years. Easy, so. I mean... Yeah, he looks great, dude. He's in great shape, too, man. But it's it's astonishing to me... Knowing the Kushida that we know from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Kushida that we have video footage of as like a three-year-old making cardboard championship belts and, you know, like all he ever wanted to do was be a pro wrestler. It's very much the John Cena story. Oh, definitely, man. But with a dude who looks like a (laughs) 14-year-old. And is is one of the the, the best workers in the world. And he's Um, tough, bro. Oh, yeah. But so we have that story. We have all the video footage. We have all the accolades from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's present him as a badass. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was cool you know with what it, man. I, mean? like, I, I actually didn't mind it. I, but it just, it, just, it just baffles me that, like, you have the most white meat of white meat <laughs> baby faces. That's true. 160 yeah. pounds soaking wet. 160 pounds. Like, you're looking for your underdog white meat baby face hero. The guy who lives and breathes professional wrestling. And you don't tell that story at all? Not even a little bit? Maybe they felt like the Western audience and the American audience didn't give a shit really, man. Because nobody knows Kushida. You know what I mean? Like Who's Kushida? Well, and, and that was my issue with Kushida inside of NXT was I'm watching him going, who is this dude? Because he looks like Kushida and he wrestles right. like Kushida. But His presentation, he's actually like Kushida coming out to the ring anyway. But the character was just so disconnected. Like, all you had to do was present Kushida. 
Like, he, well, the act was ready to go. I mean, he, okay, maybe we can do away with the Marty McFly thing. But, but other he was than still that, the ticking time, uh, not the ticking time, but he was still the Marty McFly splitter. fucking Back to the Future. Yeah, time splitter. Yeah, so but like, fucking, they never explained any of that. You know what I true, mean? They, like, didn't. they just expect you to know this shit, I guess. But but you're right, because his, his presentation was still the time splitter Kushida, right? From the future, from the past, whatever, right? But, but he was just so different it. in the ring, though. Like, in the ring, it was a different presentation. I just... To me, it was a huge miss. And then, so, at the the, the Road 2 show, right? So, we have Taisha Ishimori versus Best of Super Junior winner Hiromu Takahashi. And Hiromu comes up short. Great match with Ishimori. Fantastic oh, match. Fantastic match, absolutely. Those two just have incredible chemistry. Hiromu, the biggest star inside of the junior division while Kushida's been gone. Kushida put Hiromu over strong before Kushida left for NXT, like to the point everybody was wondering what the hell was going on. And then the announcement came that Kushida was leaving. And it was like, oh, okay. That's why Hiromu squashed him in two minutes. And he was crying, dude. He was like full bawling like his eyes out, man. And I felt bad for him because he didn't want to leave. But it was more of a money thing too. Ishimori wins the match over Hiromu Takahashi, best of Super Juniors winner, the biggest star in the division. And then Ishimori gets on the microphone, calls out El Desperado, the number two star inside of the junior heavyweight division, who just happens to be sitting at ringside and non-commentary. Yeah. And Desperado is immediately cast aside because Kushida's music hits. Ishimori loses his mind. And... Within about 20 seconds, they buried the entire junior division. I mean, you you have Hiromu is just cast aside. He's immediately the number two inside of the division, right? Always will be. (laughs) And and always will be to Kushida. But so he loses the match for the junior. Like, even if Hiromu would have won and Kushida comes out to challenge him, suddenly you have the two biggest stars inside of the division, right? 100%. I'm guessing they want to save that for Wrestle Kingdom, but you should have done it now. You absolutely yeah, well, you should have done it now. But so then you have Despy, who is just offered a title shot and immediately cast aside. You have the champion, Ishimori, losing his mind because Kushida's music is playing. And then he's like just subservient to Kushida almost inside of the ring. Like they buried the entire junior division and immediately it took about 30 seconds. And again, Kushida was above the entire division. This is why Kushida had to leave to begin with. Yeah, right. It's true. He'd done everything. He, there was every, he couldn't do anything else. You know what he I mean? He was bigger than the division. Yeah. And Hiromu was, was just about to that point until the other night. And when they presented Kushida as so much above Hiromu, I, yeah, I, I just, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy Kushida is back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Don't get but me wrong. Right. But, but the way that they did this thing, I just thought it was awful. Just absolutely it, awful. Do you think it's him politicking here or is it just you no, know, I Gato think, and I Jado just, just being over the moon? I think they wanted to present, oh my God, Kushida is back and he is here to reclaim his throne as the top of the, it, but it was all about Kushida. And oh, that's very King, much yeah. the way that it, it, it just seems so short-sighted to me that you immediately define down your three biggest stars since Kushida left in Hiromu, Desperado, and Ishimori. And just like that, 
just because you wanted to get Kushida over and Kushida's already over. Right. He's no, already right. over. You couldn't even hear his music playing because people were freaking yeah. out so much. Like you didn't need to do that. And if you were going to do that, you should have done it opposite of Hiromu, not Ishimori, because there's a story there to tell. Absolutely right. It, it just it was a complete mess for me. For anybody who wants to accuse me of being a New Japan homer, like <laughs> this was not the segment. I thought this was just <laughs> awful. And it was such a feel-good moment, but it was it just was. awful. And you know what, what this means too, which is the sad part, right? But look, I don't know. Look, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now, Jaga. Let's just see where they go from here before I mean, we really well, I mean, blow against it. Here's where they're going to go. Kushida's going to win this title. He's going to defend it against a bunch of fucking losers. And he's going to hold it until Wrestle Kingdom when Hiromu finally challenges Kushida for the IWGP junior title. They're going to save that match for the Tokyo Dome, which is why Ishimori beat Hiromu. It puts him at the bottom of the list. So now we got to go through Ishimori. We got to go through Desperado. We got to go through Show. We got to go through Yo. We got to go through Master fucking Wado. We got to go through fucking Taguchi until like we get all the way down to Hiromu and then you get Hiromu and Kushida inside the dome and everything until then is going to be completely irrelevant. It's only June. Like yeah, we're, we're going to have six June. months of wow. just a stagnant junior division with Kushida sitting on top on his throne. Well, maybe they need to recruit a little more, dude. Maybe they need to bring in some more people. Do you bring some guys from Mexico? Do you somehow bring in someone like a Pentagon and a Frey Phoenix, which could reduce... I know they're bigger than your normal juniors, but when you really think but about it, they're cruiserweights, dude. The, the, the problem is, to do that, they should have done it during Best of Super Juniors. To, 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 yeah, bring really in, awesome, yeah. to bring in talent, introduce the talent, get them familiar with the audience, and then you could have something like that. It also sounds like Kushida is going to be working quite a bit at Strong. Uh, he's going to be well, moving, moving to Los Angeles. Yeah, he's not moving Orlando. from the States. No, right. he's he wants moving to, to Los yeah. Angeles. And it sounds like he's going to be working at the dojo. Did he come up with Shibata? I was trying to do the math in my head. He would have been, yeah, easy, definitely, 100%. Okay. So if they were in the dojo together, it's a very good chance those two guys are friends. Like I said, Kushida is 39. I um, still can't believe that. I mean, when you put his age at that, he definitely came up with Shibata, man. Right. Um, it's a, He doesn't look it, but... So I'm wondering about Rocky because Rocky is wearing so many hats right now. He's training. What is he? <laughs> he? He's training a lot of those guys at the dojo. He's working dynamite. He's working strong. He's flying to Japan. He's back and forth. dude. And, and, and he's more office than he is a professional wrestler. He is basically the liaison between new Japan and the United States. Oh yeah. And they have a giant pay-per-view coming up in a couple of days is are we going to get Kushida full-time or is Kushida going to be transitioning more into a trainer's role? I, because I, I kind of feel like at 39 save Kushida for when it counts, but I mean, I almost feel like he would be more valuable inside of the dojo system at this point. I see where you're coming from, but think of Kenta, for example, it's kind of a similar situation with yeah. him. But we still seem, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I don't think much will change in that in that respect, dude. I'm sure he'll be helping out at the dojo. Yeah, I, I do, yeah. No doubt. He'd be going back and forth between LA and, and, and Japan. 
And yeah, I, I think we'll be seeing Fourteen hours. One way. Uh, dude, Japan only takes five hours for me to fly from here, right? From where I am. 14 and hours think, to LAX. And and there's a direct flight from here to LAX as well, right? And I think it's the same sort of distance pretty much from Japan Ugh. and here to get to the States in the same hours. And these guys do it like it's nothing, bro. Brutal. That's Just brutal. 14-hour flight. Brutal. Just, I can't believe it. Like, literally get off the plane and straight to Dynamite, bro. And then back on the plane, back to Japan. It's insane, right? It's Crazy, insane. bro. Um, is there any chance Kushida made that flight? Uh, we saw last night on AEW Dynamite, uh, several talents from New Japan Pro Wrestling did make the flight. Um, and then we also had the announcement from Brian Danielson that, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be at Forbidden Door, but I am not going to be wrestling him because I'm not medically cleared, which is kind of mm. weird because it I'm hearing... Weird. I was hearing that the whole injury thing was a work. That's what um, I thought too. But I still think it stems from the apron, dude, where he got his foot stuck. So th that's interesting to me. Um, and he seemed completely fine. And he seemed like he wanted to make everybody like sure that everybody knew he was fine. Um, which with mm. Danielson is always something that we have to be worried about. Um so are we just benching Danielson so we can do a big debut? Is Kushida a, a candidate that we could see Ooh. against Zack Sabre Jr.? I know they're both New Japan talents, but have we ever seen Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kushida? And, I mean, Danielson talks about, you know, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Kushida should be on that list, right? Absolutely. It would be a no-brainer. But you know what? You just threw... A kind of a stick at a at what I was thinking could possibly happen. Now you say Kushida. Now we're all expecting it's either Gargano or fucking Cesaro, right? That's what everybody's expecting. I do have one more on my list. Me too. And this this one's probably going to throw everyone off, dude. Daniel Garcia. Ooh, Daniel Garcia. That's an interesting one. And I'll tell you why. Because think about because it. Because you know Zach is going to beat the shit out of him. Not just that. And he hates the Jericho Appreciation Society, so what better than to pick somebody from you, the Jericho Appreciation right. Society? And do you know why he hates the Jericho Appreciation Society right now? Uh, no, I, I that one I genuinely Sammy Guevara. have no idea. Oh, Sammy yeah. Guevara. Okay. There's okay. your little fucking uh, you know, tie-in right there. So I think possibly it's going to be Daniel Garcia. That's 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 my sort of... Second well, pick, but I wouldn't okay. be surprised. I can rule out Daniel Garcia. Um, really? For the same reason I can rule out Kushida. Why because this person who is going to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. on Sunday night is also going to be representing for the Blackpool Combat Club inside of Blood and Guts next Wednesday on Dynamite. Um, right. I, and Daniel Garcia will be on the opposite side of the ring for that match. So clearly it's not Daniel Garcia. Well, maybe Kushida, he's joining. Well, yeah, okay. Um, you Kushida, did it from best friends. Kushida doesn't, I mean, that he doesn't fit the blood and guts thing. So I, we can rule Kushida out of that, right? Yeah. Look, if it's not Gargano or fucking Cesaro, it has to be either... In my opinion, the only thing that makes sense is Garcia. It would be great if it's um, if it is Kushida, but I, I don't see that happening, man. Otherwise, I can't think of any other people. I have I have one it. more on my list. Um, Who's that? 
the current Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, Jonathan yeah, Gresham. Uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Zack Sabre Jr. Found, sounds match. fantastic. I would love the to octopus. see that. I'm pretty sure that we've seen that match inside we of have, Ring of I think Honor. We have, dude. I'm I think pretty we have. sure, but I'm not positive. And I would think I would remember it. Um, but, but again, the blood and guts sense. thing. Right. I mean, unless Gresham's trying to reframe himself a, a bit, like then I could see him like signing up for blood and guts. But it, it seems an odd fit. Johnny Gargano and Cesaro are the two best that make choices that make the most sense here um and again gargano versus zach saber jr i think would be a better match i really? i think that, i i do really? i think that match would be absolutely fantastic they call him johnny wrestling for a reason um right would be a different style though for zsj oh yeah absolutely if it would be gargano style you know what i'm saying it would be a lot more fast-paced for zach way but, more and zach but, doesn't really do that type of matchup man yeah but you say that and i've seen zach versus osprey a million times and it's fucking true. incredible and I, I i mean i don't think johnny gargano's got shit on osprey when it comes to speed inside of the Oof. yeah he doesn't now no way I mean, not compared to osprey may, may, no. maybe maybe 10 years ago he did but he doesn't anymore. oh yeah he, no no, and and no part of that's intentional. I mean, they, I'm not even saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but still different styles anyway. I mean, compared to Osprey and Gargano, absolutely different styles. Cesaro versus Zach, I don't like nearly as much. Um, it'll be because, boring. Well, I don't <laughs> think it'll necessarily be boring, but I feel like it. It's not a good matchup for Zach. Like, Zach could go out and lose a technical wrestling match against somebody like a Johnny Gargano, and it would be fine. Yeah, I'm not even sure that Zach too. does lose that match. But I'm afraid that Cesaro is going to dwarf Zach, and it's yeah. basically just going to be Cesaro beating the shit out of Zach. And, <laughs> and, and Zach will sell it, and it'll be great, but I just I don't think it's a good matchup for Zach. Dude. But I do like Cesaro much more in the blood and guts atmosphere than I do Johnny Gargano. It makes 100% sense for him to be part of it. First of all, him and and Danielson have the Ring of Honor history that goes way back to when he was using his actual name as Claudio Costagnoli, right? And I assume and, he'll um, go by that name. Or, I oh, no, I think Cicero, possibly. Cicero, yeah, yeah. Cicero, Actually, I was listening to a podcast, right? You know Hukaleo? Yeah, too sweet. Yeah, too sweet. Oh, what was the song again? Shit, it went out of my head. Doesn't matter. I'll get back to you on that. It just went out of my head. Uh, oh yeah, hookaleo, 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 hookaleo. <laughs> like shout the out Macarena to Rally Sport, with Rally, Rally Sport in the chat room over on YouTube. Uh, he says that he hopes that Johnny Gargano turns up at Forbidden Door or Cesaro. Wh who would you rather see, Rally? Because I'm I'm really torn on this one. Cesaro. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm really, I'm really torn. I'm really torn because I think I'd rather see Gargano versus Zach, but I'd rather see Cesaro and Blood and Guts. Yeah, uh, uh, we, uh, can we possibly get both of them? Well, and it's also the explanation that they give, right? Because there has to be a story here, and if it's Danielson, Cesaro is who Riley Sports says that he would rather have. Um, for me, anyway, if it's Danielson making the choice. It has to be Claudio because of the history, the history, right? And he, and he made the comment that it's the one person that he trusts, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely However, it has to be. 
the Gargano thing also makes sense. Regal. Because of the Regal connection. Right. So it's it's whose call is it? We're gonna we're gonna kind of see the hierarchy inside of the Blackpool Combat Club. Well, don't you get the impression that Danielson's kind of his own entity oh, in yeah. the Blackpool Combat Club sort of thing, man? He's kind of doing his own thing. And I mean, he's even saying he's still a heel, right? I mean, shit. I, I popped so hard when he said it. I even came out of the heel entrance. Yeah. Like, I popped so hard for that. I thought that was fantastic. I'm not going to tell you. That was great. I, I'm just hoping that um, he doesn't have any sort of concussion issues still, dude. Yeah. That's what worries me, man. I also wish that Zach would have had a mic. Like, I Zach Steiner Jr. Out? is like one of the most underrated promos <laughs> yeah. in all oh, of pro off, wrestling. <laughs> I mean, dude, well, I guess you would have to worry about could you trust Zach with an open mic online on national him, TV? He's but, so I mean, pompous in the way he swears even. He's like, ah, oh, fuck off. Fuck off, mate. The way he talks, you know what I mean? Another it, injury bro. inside of the AEW universe. I guess Tony what? Khan said on a podcast today, this is according to Rally Sport, that uh, Kyle O'Reilly is currently injured. I wonder why. I mean, seriously, these guys kick the shit out of each other. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, have you, have you, what's going on here? Uh, well, have you watched Kyle O'Reilly work? I mean, he's he's rather he's stiff. stiff, dude. <laughs> he's yeah, rather stiff. He is. Let's, uh, let's talk about the rainmaker. The man who makes it rain money. Kazuchika Okada, the greatest pro wrestler walking God's green earth today. And I will firmly stand by that. Um, where was he at last night? Because last night we saw Tourist Okada. Um, we did. We certainly did. But it's funny. I wasn't looking at that. It's almost like I was just that happy to see the Rainmaker that I wasn't even paying attention to what he was wearing, right? But like... <sighs> For me, though, right, for me, it's funny because before the start of the show, I'm like, hopefully we get like a Naito or, or like a Okada or something, right? And then to my surprise, I wasn't expecting it. I heard the coin drop and I'm like, no, nah, no and way. To be fair, people lost their minds when the coin they dropped. They lost their shit, bro. They, now, it was like I'm literally, still, oh, I'm, like that. But I'm unclear how much of that was for Okada and how much of it was for something cool is about to happen. Oh, come on. We got to give no. Milwaukee some credit over here, bro. Let's give him some credit. I am, they I, were chanting Okada. No, I am like Silas <laughs> Young, who is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He comes out. Oh, no yeah. one had a fucking yeah, clue who Silas me. Young was. Good for me. I'm from Milwaukee. This place and, sucks. You ever been to Milwaukee, Silas Wisconsin? Young. I know you've never been to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm talking been. to the listener now, Jimmy. Have you ever <laughs> been to Milwaukee, Wisconsin? That place <laughs> sucks. Nope. Unless you're going to the rave, screw Milwaukee. <laughs> Screw Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, no. No. I mean, the only thing, the honest worst is if he played for Boston. Shout out to Rally Sport. Oh, Sporting. yuck. Get, stream, get out of here, Jugger. That's <laughs> I know. I'm bro. a terrible person. I'm a terrible person. A, look at this. I've got a minty right here. And after you saying that, I'm putting that straight in my mouth, bro. Okay. That, I'm, I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was but, pretty bad. But um, Like you were saying at the beginning of the show, if the coin drops and outwalks the Rainmaker... With the beautiful robe, the big chains, the rainmaker pose, let people lose their mind for a second. But no, Okada's been hanging out backstage, and I, I assume he's been <laughs> hanging out backstage for weeks. 
because he's just <laughs> he's just sitting there chilling in his loafers and his khaki pants and a t-shirt yeah. and he comes running out like half speed. <laughs> he was tourist okada now if you've been listening to me for a while whether it be on the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast as part of the monday locker room over at the hami media group here on the blow off over on no dq.com anywhere i spew my bullshit right <laughs> there is there is kazuchika okada the rainmaker and then there's tourist okada if you follow okada on is cool <laughs> instagram twitter i mean you'll find pirate hat okada you'll find baseball fan okada he's tourist okada he loves going around to all these weird places and looking at weird things and doing touristy things okada's a very <laughs> strange kind of personality he is strange and i've met him he's definitely fucking he's strange, a weird bro. guy he's a weird cat man i'm not gonna lie and i don't mean that in the same context you know what i mean but he but, is the best pro wrestler on the face of the planet he, we didn't see any of that last night with the exception of the coin drop but he's got a natural charisma still radiating off him dude I'm sorry if everyone out there is going to shoot on me. Absolutely. Like, there is... Absolutely. I've been in an arena where Kazuchika Okada has wrestled, and as soon as that coin (laughs) drops, the atmosphere in that room changes. I cannot explain it. The only thing that comes close is if you smell. Like, when you would hear that, like, (laughs) the the air pressure would change. We're going to get heat, Jago, for saying that. I'm telling you, bro. I mean, even look at the dude. Look at the dude. Like, everything... He is very much the the Japanese rock. That is very much the presentation of Kazushka Okada, and they've nailed it to a T. It's amazing. It really is amazing because he's got such an aura, man. And I know we're going to have people shitting on us, laughing at us because we're such, you know, Japanese wrestling marks, right? And we always get shit for that, right? But screw you guys, man. You clearly don't understand the type of talent that's at New Japan. Why? Because they're Japanese? Come on, man. Give me a break. Why? Because they can't speak English? It's professional wrestling. It shouldn't really matter. But unfortunately, well, in the Western world, it matters. That's the other frustrating part is I know Kazushka Okada does speak English. He friggin' no-sold me, Jago. I'm not going to lie. When I, when I spoke to Tanahashi, dude, he understood what I was saying, bro. When I spoke to Kazuchika Okada, he was acting like, sorry, excuse me. Like, totally no-selling me. I'm like, you fucking asshole. I know you speak English. But well, he totally no-sold me. Now, to be clear, how, how do I say this the right way? Without <laughs> okay. sounding like a, just a complete prick, right? Like, <laughs> I can listen to Japanese and understand it. I know enough I know, Japanese. I, I get where you're coming from, yeah. But I, there's no way I could converse. Like, I couldn't sit down and have a conversation with somebody because my brain can't process it that fast. I and totally I know, understand what you're saying. <laughs> I know I've heard Okada speak English, but it was clearly a promo that he had written that was for that event. Like, I think well, Okada could go out and cut a promo, but I, there's no way he could go back and forth on the mic with somebody. Like, oh, no way. I, I, I don't think he, and the same thing with Tanahashi, I don't think he can converse in that way even though i know they speak english they can but speak to it. speak english to speak japanese and to converse in that dialect are two very different things well put it this way see behind me how i've got the okada and the and the what's it called tanahashi 
pictures over there with, with them signing it. And she, see how it says my name? They both wrote my name, right? When they asked for my name, like I spelt it out like J-I-M, whatever, right? They knew what the fuck I was talking about. And Tanahashi yeah. understood exactly what I was talking about. We had actually a good laugh. It was actually a pretty funny story with me and, and Tana. Top guy, bro. Like, like I said, Tanahashi is exactly who he is, bro. He truly is the ace of professional wrestling in many ways. He but is the Carter, Japanese John Cena. I mean, he is. He really is. And he's got that aura too, but such... I can't explain it. It's going to sound weird, but he's got such a great because, soul, dude. And that's the thing, like, with New Japan, like, when they try, they can create the Japanese John Cena. They can create yeah. the Japanese Dwayne if, Johnson. I mean, if, Okada is so fucking over that he carried true. the Olympic torch yeah when exactly. they were in tokyo like it's a exactly. big freaking deal but for some reason whenever they're on american tv whether it be aew whether it be ring of honor they never get that presentation they have them come out in sweatpants and a t-shirt or you know they have them like come out and throw some john moxley looking terrible punches in the <laughs> ring and clear the ring and have a face off with hangman adam page who is no. basically a loser at this point um and which i thought jay white's comment about how adam cole couldn't beat hangman page twice last night was like Buried. that was the line of the night i was just like Buried, oh man bro. you're done bro like you are done, <laughs> done. Both of them, bro, look like amateurs. Switchblade in your back and fucking drug it all the way down the spine. (laughs) He and and how nonchalant he was after saying it too, bro. As he's like, "Hey, hangman," the way he talks as well. And it was burning me, Jago, though, that no one was reacting. You could tell on Jay White's face he was kind of being, kind of getting frustrated, especially at the part where. Sorry for interrupting story time with Adam Cole and the crowd go, baby, <laughs> the look on his face. Where he was just I like, are you him. fucking kidding me right Fuck, now? Man. Oh, man. How much of that is just Jay? Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, and Jay's just showing disgust for the audience. <laughs> it looks like, legit, even, bro. <laughs> it looked legit. I'm well, telling I mean, you. Jay this. is so into that character, though. I mean, like, even to hear him do an interview with somebody. Bro. <laughs> I mean, it is Switchblade Jay White. Like, you aren't getting the person behind that character. He lives that kayfabe shit. Like, I'm people talk about MJF does. and how good MJF is. Jay White is in that same category. And I say that because I've seen Jay White as a white meat baby face. And Me I've too. seen him live yeah. that character, too. And when then he's on I excursion. see Switchblade, <laughs> and I'm just like... This dude just gets it. And that's what's frustrating, Jugger. Even when I've been backstage amongst the New Japan wrestlers, right? So everyone's around me, literally. It was pretty weird, right? But Jay White, he was in the corner, bro. Like, not even giving eye contact. He was just sitting there on the phone. Like, it, it almost was saying, like, don't even come close to me. But I felt like he was, like, selling his character, really, man. You know what I mean? Just being yeah. a prick. Like a total prick. Whereas, you know, all the baby faces were mingling around and shit, you know what I mean? But now, I, very to, standoffish. To be clear, as we as we kind of transition this conversation into the Forbidden Door preview, um, Jay is, I, I believe we're contractually obligated to announce him as the first ever Grand Slam champion. The man who single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden and Absolutely. 
single-handedly sold out the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. There's one part of that, though, that Jay leaves out every time. Um, What's that? Okada beat him in Madison Square Garden to reclaim the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the version four, the most beautiful belt in the history of professional wrestling. still can't believe they're not using that belt, bro. As much as Jay wants to run his mouth about his record against Okada and all of his accomplishments, should we really be thinking about Okada pinning Jay White Sunday night to reclaim the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship? And I say that because I thought the title switch at Dominion was weird. It didn't feel like it was time for Okada to drop that title. But does New Japan want that moment that they had inside of Madison Square Garden where the conquering hero goes across the ocean to beat the white man to reclaim the championship and bring it home? (laughs) Well, and I mean, let's face it, that that is the way Japanese pro wrestling works, right? Like that is the underlying story. I mean, that's the basis for Bullet Club. The big bad American especially, bro. Yeah. And and originally it was supposed to be Kenny. Yeah, and And I I feel so bad for Kenny in this situation, bro. But but, I mean, Tanahashi took the title off of Kenny and then... Immediately, Jay took the title off of Tanahashi just so they could have Okada beat the white guy inside of Madison Square Garden, even though Jay White single-handedly sold out Madison Square Garden. He is now claiming he has single-handedly sold out the United Center. I kind of like the dynamic of Jay with all these great things that I have done and Okada being like, yeah, and every time you do it, I beat you. Like, I, I like that dynamic between Okada and Jay. Me and too, then it would yeah. serve a purpose for why Jay beat Okada at Dominion. Because it just seemed, it didn't feel like it was time for Okada's reign to end. And I wonder if this is just a story they're telling during what really is the one reign of Okada. Well, you're right. It didn't feel like the time to actually, you know, drop the belt. But... It felt okay once Jay White did win the belt for some fucking reason for me. Yeah, like I was cool with it. I yeah, can, it I was can weird. Justify it, <laughs> right? But it just right. Seemed out of place. Yeah, it seemed out of place, but it was cool. It's one of those weird sort of things. But um, as far as Okada regaining the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door, man, this is a tough one because it makes sense for him to actually reclaim it. It look, does. You've got Adam Cole. And Hangman Adam Page. There's going to be problems between Adam Cole and friggin' Jay White, obviously, right? For sure. Something's going to happen there. Or Jay White, re- you know, reclaims his title. Oh, no, no. Adam Cole's going to get pinned, dude, by Okada. That's what's going to happen. And then and he's going to blame Cole Adam Cole. That's what's going to happen. eating the pin in this match. 100%. I just figured it out, bro. As I'm talking, I'm like, hang on a minute. Adam Cole's there to eat the pin by Jay, by Okada pinning him. He wins his IWGP world title. Jay White can sit there and say, I never lost the belt. And it was right. all Adam Cole's fault. And then we go straight into an elite and uh, Bullet Club feud once again. And we go back into the G1 where, uh, yeah. I mean, anything can happen inside of the G1 climax. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, There's definitely a part of me that I could justify Okada walking out with the title. I mean, because let's face it. 
Japanese pro wrestling and American pro wrestling are different. There's no question oh, about that. But the yeah, biggest I mean, difference, shit. the biggest difference is the television rights. American pro wrestling makes their money off of the TV. Right. Japanese pro wrestling is still about putting asses in seats. And as much as I love Jay White going all around the world and working all these different promotions that Jay White likes to work with the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, they need the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in Japan to put asses in seats. So I, right. I could absolutely justify Okada taking this title back on Sunday. Not just that. No one seems to know him around the world. It seems, I don't know, man. I've seen Jay White perform twice here in Australia too, right? Here, they seem to know who he was. I mean, when you go to a New Japan event in the States, they all know who he is, right? Really. I mean, that's why, you know, those guys go there because they know the product, right? So, but when it comes to your AEW crowd, they all knew Okada, I think. I like to think they did. They seem to know Tanahashi. Jay White is absolutely nobody to them. And it, and it blows my mind because he is that good. And think about the future of professional wrestling, Jago. I think it's very healthy when it comes to the, the guys on the way up. I think the next generation could possibly change the landscape of pro wrestling if they play their cards right. I don't. You don't? Really? No. No, I don't because I don't think... You have faith, bro. <laughs> I think the wrestling is great. Oh, of um, course. Absolutely. I don't see anybody with that star power. That I, I don't see anybody with that Stone Cold Steve Austin star power. No, no, I don't no, see no, anybody no. with that Dwayne The Rock Johnson star power. I mean, like, I think the wrestling will be great for wrestling fans. Um, All right, let me, let but me I, as Jim far Jackson. as, like, the, 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 the growth of professional wrestling, I don't see who that star is that is going to transcend to make new fans. That's the problem. I, th I think MJF and uh, Austin Theory, believe it or not, have got that chance of actually doing that even MJF austin theory, I agree with austin theory is a lot better than you realize believe me dude he's only still 24 years old and this guy's been doing this shit for quite a while man well i mean that's that's very possible i don't watch wwe and i'm i'm very open about that so i don't see what austin theory is doing you well know it's I mean? even before that like i used to watch him in the indies at evolve and he was he was great man and he was young dude well, like, i see a ton why, of potential in the kid right don't don't get me he's wrong good. but believe me but look, you're probably right. I'm probably hoping too much, right? As far as that sort of star power, it's going to be hard because let's be honest, man. Does WWE really strap the rocket nope. ship on anyone anymore? They don't. Nope. And they do that for a reason. The yep. thing they only strap now is the WWE logo and name, dude. Yep, absolutely. That's what gets pushed. That's why they make the sort of money they do. On the other side, for the AEW Interim World Heavyweight Championship, we have John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, of course, Moxley's walking out with this title. Uh, the one thing I that I really like about this, though, is Moxley is just calling it the World Heavyweight Championship. Like the the interim tag means absolutely nothing to John Moxley, and Ooh, I kind of love out, that. Jago. Watch out, sounds that. good. Sounds good at first, but let's hope it doesn't turn into the World Heavyweight Championship literally if you get my drift where we got two world heavyweight championships imagine that well that's I gonna mean, they, happen i mean they're gonna run with it but if they don't have two brands and ring of honor seems like forget about it i think it's gonna be a dead promotion tk can't even find a bloody a channel that would even want it at this point so right. i don't know man we're gonna get more bouts i'm hearing the trio's bouts are gonna be announced 
shortly also, Jago. But as far as this matchup, I would love for Tanahashi to get the win just to have it differently. But you're right, Moxley will get the win. Um, we talked about, you know, more belts. That's a great segue. As we have Malachi Black, Pack, yeah. Tobihiro Ishii, and Miro going for the, this new <laughs> AEW Intergalactic Planetary Championship. Um <laughs> That's Miro perfect. has to walk out with this, right? Like he oh, has 100%. to. Absolutely. Is there God anybody? So. Is there anybody more over inside of the AEW lexicon right now than Miro? Miro is red hot. I almost wish that this was Miro versus Moxley for the AEW Championship. Well, he should be at that end of the card and not vying for some bullshit All Atlantic Championship where. All Atlantic where? All over the world? It's all Atlantic to a TK, man. But I'm hearing that this belt could possibly... Don't be surprised if it gets defended more in Japan. There's rumor of that being the case. Yes, because we clearly need more belts in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's what we're missing. That's we the junkyard. more <laughs> the belts. belts. Um, and, and now, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about this one. Um because I'm curious if the belt is going to make an appearance or not. Will Ospreay takes on Orange Cassidy for the IWGP United States Championship, which to the best of my knowledge, Will Ospreay is not in custody of. Uh, the, What's because happening? Juice Robinson still has the championship. Juice Robinson was the IWGP United right. States Champion. He came down with pancreatitis. So he is still in the United States. He never made the trip to Japan for Dominion. So the triple threat match between Will Ospreay, Sonata, and Juice Robinson became a regular singles match. That's when Ospreay won the championship. And at the end of the match, Ospreay's like, where's my belt? And they're Can like, they make one? And they're <laughs> like, we don't have the belt. Juice has still got the belt. And, he, and then Ospreay just went on a tirade about this fucking company. You don't even have the Blame? fucking belt. I, but it, but it adds to the Osprey character. Right, right. And to work anyway. But yeah. I'm wondering if Juice Robinson makes an appearance during this show with the IWGP United States Championship, possibly to lay out Will Osprey after the match and then just leave it for him. Maybe. I mean it only makes sense for that to happen since the, the event's in the States and he's still in the States. So yeah, something might happen. But I don't want that to happen. But I guess for now, we can pretend that his Rev Pro Championship belt is the United States Championship. Is that the match of the night? Osprey versus Orange Cassidy? I think that's going to be the match of the night. I really Ospreay's do. Osprey's going over. There's no oh, doubt yeah, about it. Question, yeah, he's going I think over. that's going to be the best match of the night. Look, yeah, possibly it could be. But I think the, the Fatal 4-Way could possibly steal the show. Interesting, interesting. Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara take on the team of Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and the shooter, Shota wow. Umino. Um, I'm this excited. Match. I'm only excited for this to see Shooter. That's the Me only too. reason I give a shit about this match. I haven't seen Shooter in a while. I'm looking forward to seeing Shota. I'm hoping that he comes out to the Death Rider entrance. Um, I like... It'll be interesting to see anybody who doesn't know Shota Umino, the son of Red Shoes, the, the lead referee in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's been gone on excursion now for... UK, right? 
yeah, he's been at Rev Pro, but how long has he been gone? Is it going on oh, two years two now? Years, two years, dude. So he should years. be making his return soon. And he was John Moxley's personal bitch. I mean, young lion yeah. while Moxley <laughs> was over there. Moxley kind of adopted shooter. So <laughs> that was awesome. All right. But you know what? It could be three years, actually, Jago. It's been a while. It's I been think a it's grip. Been three years. It's been, it's been a COVID. grip. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, because it's of COVID. I'm telling you, dude, he's been gone for a long time. And if you think about it, when he was a young lion, they were pretty much still pushing him. When oh, yeah. you really think about it. Yeah, so, he never I mean, won a match, but he was no. definitely the... And, and he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's not... He, it, it's, it's not, you know, any kind of, oh, well, your dad is the lead official. So no, we have to... No, all, no, bro. like Shooter can go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely can go. And he's going to be a future star. I mean, they might be putting him as the next Okada for you know dude oh. I think they see a lot in him be- oh, yeah. I mean believe no, they me do. they do they absolutely he's got to be their future star I mean no doubt about it when they do this with wrestlers and they send him off to excursion I mean he's been gone for a long time man he'd be pretty well seasoned by this point I think we're going to talk about the next Okada here in just a little bit because I do yeah. think he is on this show uh, Rapungi Vice yeah. takes on the team of the United Empire's Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan your current IWGP World Heavyweight Champions taking on the team of FTR now here's what I'm not clear on FTR are still currently the AAA champions correct <laughs> yes they are as a matter of fact okay so are the AAA championships <laughs> on the line here as well or just the ring of honor championships just the the defunct ring of honor tag team championship belts and the iwgp heavyweight yep. championship belts um winner takes all so but what not really what exactly is Rapungi Vice bringing to this match? Why is Rapungi <laughs> Vice in this match? No, no, I, I love, I love Rapungi Vice, but me too. Yeah. Why? To why, eat why, the why pin, are they really. in this match? I, <laughs> They're going to be eating the pin, one hundred percent. But you know what? I've got to. I'm going to say this, man. And shout out to Kevin Panetta. He said on the skirmish, bro. This is the funniest thing. But he said the truth. FTR, well, who are they, dude? Are they really the best tag team when you think about it? Or is is Hardwood, right, really, they're saying he could possibly be wrestler of the year, dude. I mean, well, I don't buy that absurd. one bit. That's just that's bananas absurd. to me. Ob- um, it's just stupid. Right, but the point is, they're, got they're on the belts. short list. They are on my short list of the best tag team. But what do they have? They've got the Ring of Honor tag team championships. Right. Like, really, think about it. They don't, well, they don't have the main belts. The, the Bucks are the best tag team right now, right? When you really think about it. Well, and the Bucks should be presented that way because they are the current AEW World Tag right. Team Champions. Absolutely. Like, d- not having the AEW Tag Team Championships involved with this match, to me, is it's just, just a terrible mistake. I mean... It beats me. And the Bucks are in a nothing match with, what, the Backley's Bullet Club now, apparently? Evidently. Evidently. What the fuck's going on, dude? I don't get it. Uh, For the Women's Championship, we couldn't get anybody from Tokyo Joshi Pro over. We couldn't get anybody from Stardom over. Um, Like, I would love to have seen Shuri versus Thunder Rosa. Um, Uh, Red Belt versus AEW Women's Championship. I mean, Thunder Rosa wants to sandbag somebody. Try doing that shit to (laughs) Shuri. I mean, just like, good fucking luck with that shit. 
Uh, anybody who who does not watch the world of stardom right now has no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, Sherry, a former UFC fighter uh, who has taken to professional wrestling much better than uh, I think anybody. I think I can safely like I think she's way better as a professional wrestler than Rousey, don't you? Oh, no doubt about it, 100%. But tell me, why couldn't they get I don't know. a match? I, I don't understand. New Japan owned... I mean, Star even Wars. Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa would have been more appropriate for this show. I like Maki Ito personally, man. Everyone freaking oh, laughs at me. I love Maki Ito. Come I love on, Maki dude. Ito. I mean, even when, um, when Big if Baker slapped her If you don't like Maki Ito, recently, you're a fucking simp. <laughs> I mean, like that. Absolutely. You know what made, makes me laugh, dude? When Britt Baker slapped her across the face, right? And she started crying. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, Maki, you know, it's true. funny. But instead, and we get Thunder funny. Rosa and Tony Storm, um, which is yeah. fine. It's I for any show that was not Forbidden Door, this would be a fine match. Uh, dude, I, I'm hoping Tony Storm wins, but she won't. Me too. Me too. It won't happen, though, unfortunately. Zack Sabre Jr. versus, we assume, Cesaro. Um, Cesaro <laughs> over Strong. Well, if it is Cesaro, he definitely goes over. But if it's not, I think Zack Sabre Jr. could possibly win. If it's Johnny Gargano, he has to lose. Because yeah. I, you have to put all the sympathy on Johnny Gargano to get him over as a babyface. I mean. Yeah, people are going to, you know, they're going to blow their loads anyway once they see him coming out. So. But That's I don't true. know, man. It's it, Obviously, it has to be Gargano. It has to be Cesaro. But I'm leaning towards Cesaro only because of what D Brian Danielson said in his yep. promo. It's got to be. It can't be anyone else. In the graphic, it even looks like Cesaro. It does. The way he's posing, he's kind of posing yep. like this too, like if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it, looks like, it looks like Claudio. <laughs> it, fucking, it fucking does, dude. It's true. It's weird. The b -b 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 Bullet Club. Uh, has El Fantasmo <laughs> been on AEW television yet? And I Never. just missed it. <laughs> Never, dude. Boy, are they in for a treat. If you haven't seen El Fantasmo, the headbanger. <laughs> uh, he the is, real rock and roller. <laughs> I mean, if you thought Enzo Amore was the most annoying <laughs> professional wrestler that you've ever seen in yeah. your life, and he's Canadian. Wait, I mean, he is <laughs> insufferable. Insufferable. Uh, and he has such a punchable face. Like, Elfie he he's, he's such a, and he's so good. That's he's the so thing. good. I like you him, dude. Want, I like him a lot, bro. You really want to cheer Elfie Fantasmo, but he is such a douchebag. Oh, I my God. Fantasmo with the Young Bucks is just oh, going to be. dude, dude. <laughs> and they're taking well, on dudes with attitude. Uh, so we got Diesel and Shawn Michaels back, I guess. Sting, Darby Allen, <laughs> and then two guys who would never what a weird, ever what a weird be friends awesome, right? with Sting or Darby Allen. Shingo Takagi <laughs> and Hiromu Takahashi. Um wow. Now, Hiromu and Darby, I could see hanging out. I could Sting see that one. And Hiromu would be a funny dude for whatever Sting reason. Sting and Hiromu could be fun. <laughs> I don't even know how Shingo and Hiromu 
can stand to be it's like tomohiro ishii being in chaos i look around chaos and i'm just like ishii's gotta want to kill every one of these motherfuckers and he always does dude in many ways bro you know like ishii is just completely the odd man out um shingo quite possibly the most serious professional wrestler walking the face of the planet and I think Shingo would be happy to murder all seven guys inside of this ring. El Fantasmo and Shingo get along famously. Um, oh, boy. What the hell happens here? Dudes with attitudes is what happened here, dude. <laughs> See what I did there? I just... I don't know who fucking came up with this shit, literally. This is literally throwing shit at the wall. I mean, how would you come up with Shingo Tagaki... Hiromu Takahashi, <laughs> Sting, and Darby Allen, naming them dudes with attitude. Someone from Japan must have named them that. I don't care what anyone says. Do you think, does Darby Allen even know who Hiromu is? <laughs> you know Hiromu. He, does. he said <laughs> he really Hiromu. Is. Hiromu. He doesn't even know how to say his fucking name. He, he really and, and Takahashi. It's about the easiest goddamn Japanese name on the face of the planet to say. Right. It's but true. But instead he says Shingo and Hirumu. Watch out <laughs> for like Hirumu. 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 That's so bad. And this would not be my introduction to Hiromu Takahashi on <laughs> AEW television. Like, Where, Why did we get him, dude? I would have thought maybe do we get him on Rampage? Probably not. Because Rampage just, looks like shit, dude. Looks like it's already taped. If, Haru, if Harumu was on Rampage, <laughs> we would have known it. We would have known it by now. Um, we have Darby <laughs> Allen, who is suddenly Canadian. Um, <laughs> Harumu. Oh, my God. Harumu, eh? Harumu. <laughs> um, and Hiromu is very much the same type of character as Maki Ito. In but that, better, much well, better. But but I say that in that if you don't explain Hiromu to the audience that is watching him, he's just they're not gonna get it. They're not gonna get it. Oh man, come on, man. I mean, it's clear he's just a crazy, wacky character. But you will you'll be drawn to him and love him because really he's such a you know uh, you, you want to see him win, dude. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but I, I, I don't think you're gonna get the ticking time bomb entrance. I, you'll no? probably get Daryl and Daryl Jr. I'm like, cool with that. But bro. every time I've ever seen Hiromu on American soil, it is a different presentation of Hiromu than we get in Japan. But, and I just want the ticking time bomb. Right, right. Do they think that the ticking time bomb Hiromu will not get over? To a I, Western audience? Like, I mean, if you think is? Darby is homicidal, suicidal, <laughs> genocidal, if you thought Sabu Hell was no, homicidal, bro. suicidal, <laughs> genocidal... Sabu ain't got shit on Hiromu. <clears throat> Hiromu's fucking nuts! <laughs> but in a good way, in a great way, I think there's nothing like Explain him which makes Hiromu him great. Takahashi to somebody who's never seen him before. How do you explain it other than he's nuts? I mean, seriously, how do you explain I mean, it but, to him? exactly how do you explain it you i can't it's you just gotta watch him and then you'll just get it it's just it is what it is i don't think they're gonna get it that's that's my fear well, that's i sad, don't man. think they're gonna get it because i was drawn to him from day one man when i saw him dude especially you know under losinga but 
I, I love I love Hiromu. I mean, I've always Oh, you have definitely, dude. I mean Absolutely. I, I, I'm a huge Hiromu supporter. He's one of my favorite professional wrestlers. I just unless you can tell that story. And I mean and Excalibur could tell it in 30 seconds if they would let him. Oh, for sure. Kamura's trying to tell it from the other room. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to say it. Everybody's trying to say it. But nobody, nobody gets it, dude. Nobody gets it's it. It's just which is a shame because he's such a cool character. And I, I, I'm afraid he's just going to be a throwaway in an eight-man tag. No, 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 no. Don't say that. Please. Don't. I, no, I'm, I'm I'll afraid. be pissed if that happened. Look at how they have presented all the New Japan talent. Like, in their first initial, like, he's going to be treated yeah. as just another guy. And make no and, mistake about it. This isn't an AEW pay-per-view, really, dude. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm terrified. Uh, your final match of the day is on the buy-in, and I'm looking forward to it an awful lot. That's right, the ass boys and uh, Max Caster taking on. I, I got to look at this list here for the New Japan Dojo talent. The DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Coughlin, and you brought up the future Kazushka Okada. I think he's in this match, and his name is Yuya Uamura. Um, I think Uamura is the next Okada. He's still with the young boys. Well, yeah, I mean he's he's on excursion. I mean, where's he, he on excursion just, right now? In the states, wasn't he? Yeah, or Mexico? Or Dojo. Mexico? L.A. Dojo. Okay. But he's been ready off fuel for a while now, dude. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty They're sure taking he is way still, too long. I'm I'm pretty sure he is still black trunk young boy. Like wow. I, I I almost expect him to eat the pin in this match. I think he is still black trunk young boy. I don't think he's even graduated to you know having Come all of this on. gear yet. I mean, they, they they were even putting him on, like, commercials and shit like that, like, you know, at yep. one stage. I mean, that, I feel like they see a lot in him, mm -hmm. but why is he still in this spot? You know what I mean? It's been, like, three years. Oh, no, Uemura hasn't been gone that long. No, not gone, but just still being a young boy pretty oh, much. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, it's been yeah. too long, man. I feel like he's, he's very good, and he's, he's ready, good. I think, man. I think he's ready, too, but evidently Shibata-san disagree. That's crazy, man. Maybe he should get his head checked out again, man. I'm I'm sorry, but yeah. that's crazy, man. He's been ready ages ago, a long time ago, in my opinion. Anyway, maybe maybe Kushida can uh, throw young Uemura a little bit of a bone. Um, well, in I fact, I think that would actually be great for Uemura because I think he be. should come back a junior and then graduate. He's, he's in the middle sort of thing, though. I, I would bring him back as a junior and let him graduate, like they did with Osprey. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, that could work because I think he's got the body to actually progress to heavyweight mm -hmm. in the future. So yep. yeah, I think that's a good that's a good trade off for sure. Jimmy T, we've ran a little bit long this week. Anything else you wanted to hit on before we get the hell out of here? Other than uh, Podbean sucks because I can't upload any more freaking shows till till the start of the month because apparently I've uploaded too many. Shows. Can you believe that shit? Oh yeah. So screw you, Podbean. But in saying that, please like and subscribe at at what's it called, the, the pwcnetwork.podbean.com, where you can find all our shows. But unfortunately, I'm on a restriction suddenly. And uh, if you want to follow me, you can at DJ Mass Effects and at the PWC Network on Twitter. Of course, at not Jargo to keep up with me, blowoffpod.com. And then, of course, keep up with our buddies over at the Hameen Media Group at the Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com. 
like and subscribe. Get all the latest from Vinny Rue himself, Master Shoot Theater, the Ayatollah Bin Hamin, and then uh, maybe Billy Ray Valentine and Bello show up. You never can always sometimes sell. We'll talk to you next week for an all-new edition of The Blow-Off where we can look about everything they fucked up at Forbidden Door because God <laughs> knows there's going to be an awful lot of it. We'll talk to you next week for now. We're off like a prom dress. See ya.